Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergera.com. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for coming out. Um, my, uh, my mission today is, is, is I wish that I could just, I'm praying that I could just look you in the eye, can't look everybody in the eye at once, but that this message would look you in the eye, grab your shirt, and just beg you to come out of the dullness that, that, that is, like, is like a rotting carcass of a cage around your spirit that just wants to cry out and be even greater in the way of the Lord than it's allowed to. And or, or that you that you can comprehend or understand right now in this moment, but that that if we can understand that God is greater, then we can push and press forward into greater things and greater relationship with Him. So if you feel as though maybe sometimes in worship it's it's hard to engage, it's you just kind of hear. That's that's the the point of contention that I'm after this morning. Um, so as as uh, Evan said. I'm the prophet of the house. Um, hasn't always been a title I've been proud of. Matt was like, uh, Zach, like, I want to make you a pastor. I'm like, dude, I'm not taking a paycheck, and I'm, I'm, I'm not. Like, I can't, I have, I, I'm an entrepreneur. I own a gym, and I can't, I just don't know the time allotments, but Matt is like, dude, like, you have a gifting. You're, you have to be a part of leadership, and I, we got to call you something. You can't just be a dude that's around. So he's like... <laughs> And, and then comes up on stage sometimes. So he's like, what, what about profit of the house? I'm like, all right, sounds kind of cool. Um, but like, nobody's, I don't know anybody who has, is the profit of the house. And here's this 25-year-old dude who's, who's the profit of the house. And like, this sounds, sounds kind of messed up. But I want to <laughs> explain what that really means. So if you're thinking in the Old Testament terms of what a prophet looks like, that's not, not exactly what it is, no matter how cool that might be. Um, but... A New Testament prophet. So in Ephesians 4.11, it says, So Christ gave himself the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors slash shepherds, and teachers. So I want to just go through the fivefold ministry is what we call it. Um, and the apostle, which would be uh, Matt, um, he is a pioneer and visionary, uh, and they often start churches. They're responsible for equipping everybody else in ministry. Um, the prophet... Um, releases God's word and truth, they often receive messages from God to share and prepare the church to take, uh, they also take a role for interceding for people and prophesy to build people, people up. Um, my, my particular role that's a little bit different is that I have maybe more of a, uh, a bird's eye view type of concern rather than kind of in the inner workings and, and changing things and trying to see like how things are gonna go better. I'm more, my heart is more on like the trajectory of the church as a whole and receiving to make sure we're getting in that direction. Um, the evangelists, that's a simple one. We all have a piece of each one of these. We're all should, should be called to evangelists, but people who are particularly gifted in evangelism, they gather people. They share the gospel with people who haven't heard it and they have a heart for discipleship and help believers grow. The pastor slash shepherd, which we all have an element and some more than others, someone who shepherds the flock of the local church, caring for the needs of others, can preach and teach and guard the sheep from what comes against them. And the teacher, um, which we're all called to be some portions of these, but I, I want you to take, take, take note of like, which one do you feel like is more your, 
you know, your calling. Go in that direction. That might be similar to um, what direction you should be pursuing and grow in all other areas and be well-rounded. But one of these, probably maybe a few, you might have more of an inclination to uh, be gifted in. And the teacher obviously instructs people, breaks down the word in a way where people can understand it that helps people receive. So as the prophet of the house, um, I feel though as though in this season, it's incredibly important for us to be, be real. The world is, is, is looking for what's real, what's best. And they're willing to manipulate and tweak things as, as much as they want and as often as they feel they should in order to get closer to what's real. So if they have an even more contrast idea of what is real and what is good than we do, then that actually puts a blessing on our shoulders because the darker they look, the brighter that we should look in comparison. So yeah, things stink. But opportunity knocks, right? It's not great, but here we are. And, it, it, and so there's a little bit of pressure that comes in here. They're a little darker, so we seem a little brighter. But if we're not actually bright and walking in the ways of the Lord and being a church that, that has a people that are actually engaging with us, that, that God is actually engaging with, then they can compare and contrast and see what's really real. They see things over here and they see a dull people that just aren't connected in a, in a real united relationship with the Lord that have lack of conviction and maybe just aren't moved in the way that you might expect an almighty God. Because if, if, if we're trying to break down and wrap our heads around the word God. I think the word God has got watered down so much that it's really tough. Um, it's tough for us to actually understand that that should be a significant heart change. When, when God, God's name comes up, something should really stir in us. So there's three, there's three parts of each person. There's the spirit, the soul, and the body. So our spirit is the realest part of ourselves. Before anything else, like God created your soul and your body around his favorite part, which is your spirit. It's how we communicate with God. That's the realest part of you. We are made in the image of God. This is the way that he communicates and that is like the purest form of like how, how you should express yourself. So when, when we sing a song that says Jesus period or anything about God's character, our spirit inside of us shouldn't have so much clogging it that we don't recognize that there is an awesome, awesome power that should be just stirring up, making us shake, making us laugh, making us like actually connect in an emotional way because our soul and our body is being taken over because spirit is, is in control. So our, our, uh, our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. And it's how we communicate with others. Um, and our body is how we, um, sorry, the soul is our mind, will, and emotions, how we communicate with ourselves, excuse me. And our body is how we communicate with others in the outside world. So it's clear that our spirit should be leading the charge, that everything else should be orchestrated under that, that leadership. But, it's, but it's, kind of, it's up to you in order to kind of predicate and build your life around what is actually most important. So... We're actually going to take a test um, in a little bit. But first I want to 
I want to kind of explain the gospel and how radical God is as a person, not as God. I want you, like, if, if the word God, I feel like for me, the word God kind of like almost stops, stops me up and makes me think of something that is unrelatable and unlike anything that I could even comprehend is so far out from concern about me that the word God kind of almost like dismisses me from being able to engage. Think of God as a person. Think of him as your friend. Think of him as, a, as, as your dad. Think of, think of him as um, somebody who actually truly, really cares about you. Because one of the most profound things about God is that he is all-powerful and did not dismiss himself from feeling. Why would you want to feel pain if you're God? You could, you could have just excused yourself from, from everything that would ever cause you pain and hurt, but instead, he sent his only son to go and be sacrificed to a bunch of people that hate his guts. Now imagine that on a fatherly scale. If you're, if you're a dad, raise your hand. I think of Josh. Specifically, he's got one, one baby boy. Imagine, like... You loving a group of people so much that have just completely rejected your will for them and your design for them, and your son stands up and says, Dad, I know how much you love them, and I know you love me. Like, I want to go down, and I want to I make it right so that you can be rightfully with each other. And, and it's a greater sacrifice for the dad to let the son do it than it is for the dad to sit his son down and go himself. It's way harder. Your, your dad, as a dad, you're, you're, you're designed to sacrifice yourself for those under you and those that you're supposed to protect. But Jesus flips it. Father God flips it. Because it's a greater sacrifice that the son goes and sacrifices himself so all of us as his kids can take the rightful place that Jesus had originally. So think, think of this as... A dad. Don't think of this as, as a godly, unrelatable scenario. A son just, just, just volunteered himself and gave himself up to be sacrificed by a bunch of scummy people. The richest person in the world, richer, most powerful than anything, comes down to the lowly, sickest of the sick, the dirtiest of the dirty, and willingly walks with them on purpose so that they can relate to what he's like and understand a kingdom that they can't comprehend. But because he volunteered to get up off of the throne and come and engage with us to ultimately be willingly sacrificed, that, that, that in our brains, we should have an emotional connection when we sing about Jesus and what he's done for us. Something should connect there and we shouldn't have just a deadened, type of worship that's just like, yeah, we're singing a song I've heard it before, you know. Yeah, it's pretty good, she can sing. But, like, we're singing about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who gave up absolutely everything and didn't lay down his ability to just numb himself to pain, emotion, and, and, and physical suffering. But instead, he took on the full burden of feeling it on purpose because without feeling and without pain, without hurt and without wrong, there can't be any love. Why does God subject himself to imperfection 
with having relationship with us and, and, and feeling pain, feeling anger, feeling desire, feeling, feeling a longing to be with you is because without it, there, there can't be love. If there's no gap, then there's no reason for love. If love was just standalone by itself, it's the only thing, and there was no wrong, and there was no right, and there was no pain, there was no separation, then that would eliminate any value from being close. So here's our test, okay? When I read this verse, I don't want you to share it with anybody. I want this to be like an internal practice with you, okay? So I'm going to read it a few times. Um, but this comes out of Exodus 34, 6 through 7, if you want to put that up. Okay, take this moment. This is, this is active. If you're not paying attention, can you please pay attention? I'm, uh, so I'm a, I'm a trainer. I, I'm pretty good at getting the most out of people. I, I will call you out and we'll make you uncomfortable if you're not participating. Um, you got to follow the program to get results. Right? Just follow the program. It's, it's good for you, okay? Exodus 34, 6 through 7. Pay attention. We're here. And, 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 and get in tune with your spirit about what resonates with you and what feels dull. If something excites you about this verse, and if you're like, that could, should have been exciting, but it really wasn't, okay? Be honest with yourself. The Lord passes before him. The Lord is visiting Moses on Mount Sinai for some context. Um, before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, children's children, to the third and the fourth generation. All right, you'll see what I'm up to. If you've got notes, Raise your notes, pay attention, here we go. If you got a phone, a notepad, I'm gonna turn around, okay? This is active. You, you guys might never come back, that's okay, but if you do this practice, it's gonna be okay. I'm gonna turn around for five seconds. I want every single person to pick their phone up or their notes, every single person, and if nobody, if not everybody's doing it, I'm gonna turn around for five more seconds until everybody does it, okay? All right, ready? Five, four, Three, everybody better have something up. One, zero. My man, okay? Got something? Nothing? No notes? All right, well, okay. Hey, just, we got this, okay? So I want you to rate yourself on about, on about what really impacts you about when I recite this again, okay? So uh, a 10 would be like, Super happy, I'm cry laughing, I'm like overjoyed, and I've, I'm, I'm just like, this is the best thing in the world. Number one would be like, you're just completely dull, doesn't do anything for you, just, just nothing, okay? We're gonna go one by one. The first part is rate yourself. The Lord is merciful and gracious. One through ten. Where, where does that hit you on like, arising something out of you. The Lord is merciful and gracious. I want you to rate yourself because we're going to go over what, what this might mean based on where you're at on that scale. So you can uh, reflect and grow with God where your weaknesses might be. The next one, number two, is 
the Lord is slow to anger on 1 through 10. What does that do, that the Lord is slow to anger? The third one is, the Lord is abounding in covenantal faithfulness. The Lord is abounding in covenantal faithfulness. The next one is, the Lord forgives sin. The Lord forgives sin. And the last one is, the Lord will not leave the wicked unpunished. It's, it's kind of a hard practice because like, it's not like cerebral, it's spiritual. The Lord will not leave the wicked unpunished. Like what, is, what does that do for your spirit? We all got it? All right. So your internal evaluation uh, kind of dictates and directs like how you see God. Okay, so this will be interesting. So the first one was merciful and gracious. If this seems dull to you, you might have an issue with self-righteousness and don't understand the magnitude of God's holiness and what he has for you. So if you're kind of in the middle, then you need to seek out understanding how holy God is, what that means in everything that he's actually done for you. Slow to anger. If this is dull, you might not understand the authority and how radical it is that the God of the universe, the creator of all things, the great I am, could be slow to anger when he orchestrated the earth and its people to function perfectly under him, but they continuously fail since the beginning. His patience and lack of frustration is incredible. If that's dull, you might not have grasped his authority and how crazy it is that he can be patient when he wanted you to be in right, perfect relationship with him. That'd be so frustrating, but he's slow to frustration. Abounding in covenantal faithfulness. If this is dull, you might not understand the Lord's power. His plan A is just as good as his plan Z. However, the catch is he is still willing to help you no matter how many times you mess up his original idea. He took your foolishness and mistakes into consideration and works all things together for good. He's still faithful on his planning for you again tomorrow, even if you aren't faithful today. How crazy is that? He's abounding in covenantal faithfulness. If this is dull, you might not understand the Lord's power. His plan A is just as good as his plan Z. The catch is that he's still willing to help you no matter how many times you mess up his original idea. He took your foolishness and mistakes into consideration and works all things together for good. He is still faithful to his planning for you again tomorrow, even if you aren't faithful today. This one is he forgives sin. If this one is dull, you probably take this part of his character to the extreme and lack conviction to live a meaningful life and purposeful life. 
you potentially meander through life, finding it hard to hold true to what really matters because you struggle to grasp the impact of your own actions so you don't value the actions of God. If, if, if we sing a song or somebody says, like, God forgave you and it doesn't do anything for you, there's probably a little bit of self-righteousness there that you are just not holding yourself accountable to, like, a, the goodness that the Lord really wants to have in your life. It's just not important. If that doesn't hit you, then it's not important to you and you don't respect the value of your own actions that God has given you authority and power here to be able to affect and change. And that doesn't matter to you. So if that doesn't matter to you, certainly it doesn't matter what God, God's actions are. This one's the funny one. Um, the wicked will not go unpunished. Now, if this one's too high, this one's opposite. If this one's too high, and this one really gets you excited, you might have too low of an idea of God's will and ability to redeem. You might rely too heavily on the Lord executing judgment rather than using you to redeem broken people. Did you kind of measure up in a way? Because I, I know it's kind of like a hard practice to be able to like, okay, I'm not cerebrally, it's not a, it's not a question whether of I understand it or not. Every single part. The Lord is merciful and gracious. Agree. Slow to anger. Agree. Abounding covenantal faithfulness. Know that. He forgives sin. Know it. And he won't leave the wicked unpunished. Yeah, definitely. But it's not a cerebral thing. It's not a knowing. It's you, it's you knowing that you're a spiritual being and that the realest part of you, when, when, when the topic of Jesus and his goodness comes up, a certain part of you should leap and come alive and become alert. I just picture your spirit inside of you when we go and throughout all of our daily things, your spirit is just sitting inside of you like, yeah, 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 okay, they're talking about food. Yeah, they're talking about what he's stressed about. All these, this like, who cares? Like, dude, there's something greater for you. La da 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 da. And then you say, dear Lord, and your spirit is like, okay, we're on. Like, this is the realest part of you taking action and putting it into the forefront. So like, I can help you. Because you're, you're, if we operate out of, out of our emotions all the time, then we're going to keep on winding up in really terrible places. So this is actually an issue that I just kind of, kind of overcame in a revelation that the Lord gave me not too long ago. Is I came into service of a, a good week at work, came into Sunday, rested, felt good, best mood, of my life. And I came into that Sunday and I was kind of expecting like the Lord not to visit me and give me any revelation. And because I don't need it, I'm good. Like I'm happy. I'm, everything's fine. Everything's good enough. Like, thank you. It's <laughs> so, like, I'm going to come have a good time with my friends. But as for me and the Lord, I'm not in dire need to hear him speak. So I ran to a problem. So I wrote this in uh, maybe somewhat of a poetic way. We'll see. <laughs> Poet of the house. <laughs> when I'm in great need, I feel a great need for God. Therefore, I experience his greatness. When I'm in seasons of thriving and goodness, my need for his greatness is weaker. And my experience and perception of his greatness is gone when I thrive in the flesh. For in those moments, I feel as though I need no help. This is only because I perceive myself as Lord too, based off of the way I feel. 
When I am good, I need no God, and I have no hunger for him. When I am weak and low, I starve for him because there is no way to feed myself under my own lordship. I can waver and I can wander when I'm weak, of course, but my heart needs feedings. And in my weakness, when I stray from him, my heart eats things that are no good for it. One way or another, I will eat. It is far greater to be near the true Lord in brokenness as he is near the brokenhearted and has meals on the ready for the hungry hearts. But when I operate out of my feelings in a season of goodness, I stray from him because I think I have good feeling food and a full belly requires no begging. However, my heart is still eating. I just don't know it. My heart is feeding off of my own pride and my own lordship of my life. My pride and my feelings become a greater Lord than the one true God in my life. When I am well, my reverence for him is non-existent because I feel as though I am an eye to eye equal with him. My feelings betray me and make me prideful when I feel no pain. But when I'm in pain, my feelings, sadness, brokenness is willingly offered up on the altar of hope for something greater with God. But when I'm free of pain, I don't have the same attitude of putting the goodness and freedom from bondage that he has blessed me with up on that same altar to thank him. I thank him for taking my broken things, but don't offer him my best. Lord, help us break this cycle. So how do we break free of being in that cycle of desiring and seeking the Lord is completely predicated on you rather than the Lord always being good and always being powerful and always being in his rightful place in your life. And a really big one, this actually happened on, on Wednesday. Matt just came up and he, he just reminded me. He's like, um, if you feel like you need to hear from the Lord, thank him for things first. Just start thanking him. Just start, just start going off. And I'm like, all right, I'm trying to engage with God. And I just started just clearing everything else out of my head and just started thank, thanking him for everything that is good in my life rather than focusing on needing a change in the things that are broken. And upon thanking him and putting him in the rightful place in my heart, he gave me revelation about how to continue on um, because if, if I'm not putting him on the throne, then something else is. Whatever's on the throne is going to speak the loudest. So... A couple key things that's going to help us to be able to engage and break out of this vicious cycle is thanksgiving and understanding his love. So thanksgiving puts, away, uh, puts our flesh away and exalts him to his rightful place in our heart and mind. Without thanksgiving, it's hard to trust what voice you're hearing because if you aren't placing God in his rightful throne, then whatever's on the throne of your heart will speak the loudest. If you feel as though God's not speaking to you, in Proverbs it says, a righteous man does not argue with fools. As God being the most righteous man, and you're not hearing from him, I'm been a fool too. Not throwing any shade at anybody like, man, I never hear from God. Is he calling me an idiot? Uh, half and half. <laughs> Partially, we're just being foolish, and that's the way that we are. But sometimes when you feel like you, you, you need a new word and a new, a new speaking from God and he just isn't saying anything, it's because he's already told you something and he's waiting for you to actually value what he's already said. Because once 
Because sometimes I've heard things and I'm like, yeah, that's not a good answer. I don't like that. Or I'm like, God, would you do this and do that and do whatever that is? And then he exposes a weakness in a place that I feel is totally unrelated. Yeah. I'm like, all right, that is for someone else. I'll tell somebody else that they have a problem. Lord, tell me about this thing. And then, <laughs> and then I'm like, why are you silent? And I'm like, I remember that thing that's kind of poking me, but I don't want to pay attention to it. If you have that thing then once you address it and start trusting that he has already spoken, he's not going to argue with you. You weren't honorable with the last thing he said. If you're not faithful with, with little, then you're not going to be faithful with much. If you're not faithful with what he's already said, then why would he deliver again? He wants to speak to you, but there's something that needs to be taken care of in your soul, in your heart, that you just haven't taken care of yet. And it's okay, he is speaking, he wants to talk to you, but there's something really important that's, that's at the forefront, that after you, you break that wall down of like, all right, I've heard it, you can see all the other walls that he wants to address and teach you how to knock down as well. So by, upon receiving the gift that he's already given you, your ears can open up to receive more guidance because you have been faithful with what he's already told you in the past. So... When you, think for, when, you, when you thank God for who he actually is, your spirit like leaps to attention and like takes the show. Like this is, this is what your spirit is here for. So you're putting your mind and your body into submission to who you really are as a spiritual being created to connect with God. So there are a few characteristics of God that if, if, if we just kind of like, if we can put the word God over here for a second, we can engage with actually who he is. The word God isn't an intimidating, far-off thing, but he's a, he's a person that has chosen to seek after you with his everything. It's, it's crazy. God of perfection, the God of the universe, chose to fight for you. First one is Jaira, means you're a provider. Rafi means you're healer. Nisi means you're banner. Shalom is your peace. Rohi or Ro is your shepherd. Sidkanu is your righteousness. Shama, God who is there. Makadesh, one who makes you holy. Yahweh, self-existing God. Lord of hosts. Abba, Father. And the coolest one, I think, is uh, Ancient of Days. What does that even mean? It's crazy. It's just like... It's like, it's like when God shows up and he says, I'm the great I am. You're like, that doesn't even make any sense, but I get it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, because like your, your brain can barely comprehend because it's like the absolute greatest thing that anybody could ever say about themselves. You know, God, like he can flex all he wants because he's actually the guy. You know what I'm saying? Everybody else who does it is just, is just fake. But when he shows up and he says, I am, <laughs> like what? I am. What else? You are what? No, I am. Okay. Cool. Um, a few things that are also important is understanding uh, different types of love. Just two of them is uh, filio, which is fraternal or uh, friendly love. Um, a love that you show a brother or a friend who is closer than a brother. And uh, the greatest one's pretty popular among people who uh, learn new words is agape. Everyone loves that one. When, when the, I remember when that kind of came out 
to be like pretty popular and everyone's like, oh, you ever heard of this word agape? And then everyone's like bringing it up at their like little Bible studies and like, you know what? I read and translated this word agape and it means sacrificial love. We're like, uh-huh, okay. But it's the biggest kind of love. It really is. I mean, you learned it, flex it, you know, and tell your friends. But um, it's, it's absolutely, absolutely massive. So if we can, we can understand that that this God that we're serving, this God that we're singing about, this, this God that loves you like crazy did everything and laid everything down on the line for you and wants to actually be with you as a person. He wants to educate you. He wants to teach you. He wants to, he wants to shepherd you. He wants, to, he wants it all. I hope that we can we can engage with, with the love of God that when, when we sing a song, that it actually arises something out of us and that we can understand like the relationship between our spirit, our soul, and our body and put things into submission where they need to be submitted and exalt your spirit to be able to take the show and actually receive from God. This is, um, uh, if the worship team wants to come up, this is... Um, portion of a song that's like a spoken word over some music. It'd be nice if we got some music, so that would make a ton of sense. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, called The String That Ties Us by the Beautiful Eulogy. Um, and it kind of describes fatherly love. Let's suppose that a kite could come to life and develop its own personality. On the one hand, it would feel the exhilaration that comes from the surges of wind that directs it through the sky. On the other hand, it would almost immediately take notice of something annoying, the tugging of the string at its center, a feeling of constraint, resistance, and soon the kite begins to think to itself, if only I could detach, then I could really fly. To the kite, you see, it seems like the string is limiting its full experience of freedom, but as any boy or girl who has ever flown a kite knows where that string to suddenly snap, the kite wouldn't soar freely for very long. It would dart to and fro for a minute, maybe two, but very soon after it would end up on the ground in a pile of broken sticks and torn paper never to fly again. Rather you see it as the taut line between the kite and the one holding it that enables the kite to fly. It allows all the principles of aerodynamics to come into place so that the kite might achieve its full purpose. Christian love performs the very same function as the kite string. You take away the stabilizing force of Christian love in every towering gift, every supernatural power, every sacrificial act, every musical performance, you name it, friends. It will all end up on the ash heap of eternal insignificance without love. All in all, I'm hoping that um, I'm hoping that I was just praying that God would give me something to say that would just make God even more real. And I'm, I'm hoping that he, he did that. I'm, I'm, I've been really praying about this last song 
And I don't even know what exactly it is we're singing yet, but I just, it doesn't matter. Because it's not about you. It's about him. And if you can put yourself in your rightful place in this last song, hmm, and really just, just, just dive in to the posture that he, he really wants for you. If you're in a broken place, don't stray. Your heart's going to need a feeding and God is there ready to provide. But if you feel like you're pretty good and you're pretty good enough, then get low at, as soon as you possibly can because there's nothing more insulting than posturing yourself in a way that your eye to eye equals with God. But God loves you. He wants to take care of you. He wants to provide for you. He wants to shepherd you. He wants to teach you. And he wants to give you everything that he possibly can to comfort you, protect you, and help you to keep on pressing on. If you want to stand up real quick, I'm going to just play it, pray a, a blessing over us and over this last song. I'm just praying that we would just be able to step out of our comfort zone a little bit not asking you to do anything crazy. I'm asking you to take a switch in your mind. Forget the person next to you. It's just you. It's just him. Just some songs. And flip your mind and let your spirit take control. And appreciate God for who he actually is, what he's done for you, what he says about you, the hope and the plan that he has for you, that you might have messed up yesterday and you might mess up tomorrow, but he is faithful and loving to keep on rewriting a plan if he needs to, to make sure that you're on the right track to him. Lord, I pray over every, every spirit in here, God, that you would just bless us to be able to engage with you, to be able to turn a new leaf, to understanding that you're not far off, but that you're here. The Lord, if, if we actually could, could wrap our heads around the fact that, that you are here in this place, then we would act completely different. So God, I just speak to every person in here the spirit you would come alive that you would fight and take control and take the front and receive everything that the Lord has for you if you want that put your hands out receive it the Lord wants to fight and get you out of that cage that is holding you from being able to sing a song and know that God is real know that he's good knowing that in your darkest moments when you feel your lowest and your most lonely you're not the fight is not fair. The fight is fixed. And God is on your side. I pray over every person here that we'd be able to just relax, recline in your goodness, in your peace, and in your control. And we will be able to take ourselves up into any action, Lord, in faith and boldness that you have for us to take. I pray that we wouldn't be a timid people with no teeth, but Lord, we would stand up when it's the hardest to stand up. Lord, that when people compare and contrast the world from us, the Lord, the comparisons would be silly because we're a people who is actually being interacted and, and, and speaking with and feeling and, and, and hearing from the one true God. Lord, we ask that this morning and every morning going forward that your voice would be the greatest voice. 
Help us to submit ourselves, God. Give us the courage to be able to see more beauty in laying ourselves down. Than seeing, than seeing any strength and anything good about holding ourselves back. Lord, I pray that you would just bolster up and encourage every person in here that we would be able to take such a, have such a desire for you moving and us, 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 us agreeing and being, being able to understand that you've taken action for us and moving forward in your relationship with us. And it would be, it would be unfortunate, it'd be sad if we didn't take any action forward and moving closer and closer to you each and every day. Lord, Lord, you're there for us. You're waiting on us. You're patient with us and you're planning for us and you have plans to prosper us and not to harm us. And for us to just ignore you day in and day out and not be able to try to even engage with the goodness that you've delivered us. We just are sorry and we repent and we want to change. So Lord, come and take the show. Come and just bless us with new worship. Come and just visit us. Come and just overwhelm us. Give us new revelation. Lord, I ask for every person's uh, ears. If they feel as though you're not speaking, Lord, I pray that you would speak exactly what you want them to, them to hear. If it's something new or if it's something that's the same as before, Jesus, I'm asking for every person who has ears to hear it, hear you. Lord, you would speak to them. That you would comfort them and that you would ensure them that you have a plan to push and press on with them that is way better than any plan that we could fabricate ourselves. Jesus, we receive it. We open up the ears of our heart. We open up the eyes of our heart. And Lord, we want to hear you speak. In Jesus' name.